0: Hello, and welcome to Girl, The Journey Begins With You podcast. With your host, Olivia B. Shepherd, your life empowerment mentor. This podcast is the first step to helping you on your journey of recovery, healing, and empowerment. Olivia will have you learning how to take control of your life again. She'll definitely discuss a wide range of topics. You ask, and she tells. If you enjoy this podcast, please tune in every Friday for a new episode wherever you download your podcast. Hello, and welcome to Girl, Your Journey Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Olivia B. Shepherd, your life empowerment mentor and certified transformation coach. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast, where I am dedicated to the empowerment of women and discussing real issues that affect us all. This podcast presents the best content on mental health, self-development, and self-care, and not to mention real talk. So let's jump right into today's topic. Um, I haven't been on the podcast for a while, so I am jumping back in today because this week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and for those of you all who don't know My story, I have told it several times in blog posts and videos and even in my podcast, so you may have to go back and look at some of the other podcasts. But for those of you who do know me, you all know that I I am diagnosed with clinical depression, severe anxiety, and some PTSD. And for those of you who know that I've dealt with this situation for, well, this illness for about three to five years, I'm thinking all of my life, but I was only diagnosed about three years ago. So this week I wanted to dedicate this podcast to just kind of like talking about mental health and reiterating some of the things that I've mentioned in my podcast before or the blog posts or in my Facebook groups and Instagrams. I just kind of want to reiterate some things on mental illness. Let's first start to talk about mental illness And why it's important to acknowledge that you have it in order to heal. What happens is some of us are walking around sad constantly every single solitary day. Some of us are eating too much. Some of us are not eating at all. Some of us are losing all of the weight in the world. And... Gaining some of the weight, but we're not putting two and two together. We're constantly crying most days. There are days when some of us, like myself, who use different bad coping skills, such as, you know, substance abuse, such as, you know, becoming a drug addict, such as me, us as well, like myself, you know, sex addiction. And that's a lot of things that we don't talk about as well when it comes to mental illness because. You know, it's just too taboo. Uh, For those of you who don't know that I am an African-American woman and in our culture, we definitely don't discuss mental illness at all. Most of the time it's brushed off where, you know, you have some people coming up to you saying, you know, you need to just pray it away. That is their most famous line in the black community is pray it away. They swear we can pray away everything. And not that I don't believe that. Well, some things do take time and some things do take medication because you don't walk up to a cancer patient and say, girl, you know what? I know you got breast cancer. I know you got this tumor, but you need to pray that away. Okay. You don't say that to a cancer patient. You literally say, how can I help you? Can I cook you some meals? Can I go to the doctor with you? How can I support you? But in the African-American community, they don't say that about mental illness because they just still don't believe that it exists in our culture. But it does. I am here to tell you that it does. There's no getting around it. There's no, you know, you have the best life that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be depressed or you're, are you, you never saw your mom depressed and you need to stay at the church. There's no way around the fact that I suffer from mental illness and millions of black Americans do. Okay. Now, I know too for a fact that with my mental illness, I believe that I've suffered from it for a long time, earliest back in my childhood when I was actually sexually assaulted. But like I said, no one diagnosed me because that was something that we didn't bring up. So I walked around for years, years having suicidal tendencies because after my last suicide attempt, about two and a half years ago or 3 years ago now this was not was not the first time you know when i did it people were acting really shocked like You know, now by this time, I'm I'm married 13 years in, I have a son, I I have a good job, you know, you all know that I own a housekeeping service. So I'm, you know, I work for myself, so I've been doing pretty well in business. So these people, you know, I have a nice home, I have a nice car, you know, I have friends, you know, so these people couldn't understand what would make you do something as stupid as wanting to take your life. So this hadn't been the first time. And what I had decided, you know, what I, what I saw was it was everything that was built up. And for those who, you know, of you who know the story, I had to end up starting to take care of my father. And I'm not going to go into that situation right now, but, you know, read my book or go back to some other podcasts and you'll know the reason why I kind of just self destructed and just didn't want to live anymore. And it happened. It can happen to the best of us. And that's the problem. A lot of us don't realize that it can happen to the best of us. Okay? There's no color, there's no no zip code, there's no income status. There is nothing that mental illness will not attack, or nobody that mental illness will not attack. You know, but only the thing about it in the black community is we frown upon it. We frown upon it. OK, well, you know, when we see celebrities, white celebrities or white women or white men that suffer and kill themselves, you know, we are like we we praising them. We're we, we, why they so sad. And something else was going on. Well, I'm that person. I'm, I just happen to be a black woman. So that's why I wanted to re talk about it just a little bit because if you are listening and if you are a African American woman and you are afraid to tell people that you feel a su- certain type of way, don't be. This is going to save your life. You are needing to go down to your nearest mental health center or go to your doctor. And nine times out of ten, your doctor's not going to say anything. They're not going to you know tell you to go to any place because they too sometimes look you know, a past, it, a lie. And I told the story previously, but I'm gonna tell it again. It was so funny because of the simple fact about the mental illness before I could actually get diagnosed. I would go to the emergency room or to like those little doctor's cares or the little urgent cares constantly because I was having panic attacks. I didn't know what panic attacks were. I didn't know what anxiety was. I just knew that I felt like I was literally about to die. My chest was caving in. I was breathing hard. I couldn't, I just couldn't catch a break. I didn't know how to do what I do now. Breathe in, hold it, breathe out, meditate. I didn't know those things. So I'm constantly going to the doctor because I'm like, you know what? I feel like I'm having the flu. What is going on with me? So the first doctor that I went to, which was an African-American woman, and she told me, Flat out, she closed the door and and when I told her what was going on with me and I told her I was stressed out, but you know, I still not putting two and two together by anxiety attacks. And she, now previously a white doctor had put me on some Ativan, you know, so it kind of helped my anxiety just a little bit, but things are still just like off the charts and still messed up. Well, this black woman comes in and she closes the door and she was the doctor that was on the staff that day. And she closes the door and she tells me, she says, honey, we don't do this. We don't do this kind of stuff. I'm just not going to give you any medicine for what you're going through. This was a black doctor and she was an older lady. I want to say she was about 70. She told me that we do not go through this thing. We are, I mean, she literally was telling me right now that I am, we are these black, strong, courageous women and whatever I was going through, I need to suck it up. And this was actually coming from a doctor, someone who went to school, someone who studied, and you could tell that she had been in this field for years for her to tell me that, and that hurt me because I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, maybe, maybe I am going crazy, you know? Maybe, maybe I do need to just let it go. So I left that time without any medicine. She didn't want to fulfill it. I go again, and finally, okay, I'm like, okay, y'all, what? I need to see somebody. Well, they sent in this black guy that was on duty at the time. Now, meanwhile, my doctor also was, you know, pushing me off, not telling me anything as well. So I go to the black, the same doctor's office, urgent care, but this particular time there was a black guy on duty. And he proceeded to walk in and he saw, you know, everything that was going on with me and we were talking about it. And you know what he said to me? It's basically what the lady said to me. You know, hey. You know, you, you need to step out of it. You know, you're not sick. You're just a little stressed out, you know, just kind of, you know, what's going on in your life. So I told him everything that was going on in my life. You know, he gave me, you know, I think he gave me some like Zoloft, you know, and I think it was like the lowest in the milligram that I could get. And he just like brushed me off. Literally two black doctors told me that none, none of my symptoms were worthy of anything but for me to pray about it or for me to get over it and de-stress myself. So if you are an African-American woman or man listening to this podcast, you need to be seen and you need to fight for what you feel. And I didn't do that at the time. At the time, I was just like, I don't even care anymore. You know what? It is what it is. So I went on a whole nother six to seven months self-destructing. I was drinking every day. I was cussing every day. I was fussing every day. I was literally crying. I could not get out of my bed. Couldn't go to work. And I, at this time, I also was taking care of my father. I wanted to murder him. You know, I'm like, if I could just put him out of his misery, I put myself out of my misery. Everything it would just be fine. This is how I was feeling because nobody was listening to me. My husband didn't care to hear it. Of course, I didn't tell my family because they didn't care to hear it because they didn't want to be responsible for my father. I do have a sister, but she she didn't want to take care of him. My mother said no. The VA, because he's a vet, wasn't giving me any help. So I was on my own, self-destructing because I couldn't speak with anybody because I couldn't tell anybody because I was fearing that I was going to be shamed into saying, to, to telling people how I was feeling. So I self-destructed. And a year later, I tried to commit suicide for the last time. And people to this day, you know, were crazy. Like, what's going on? Why, why, why? you know, da 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 But once I checked myself in, because what I did was, at the time that I was going to go ahead and try to commit suicide, I was at my grandmother's grave. And I was just like, you know what, granny, I need help. I need help. Nobody's listening to me. So maybe if I join you, people will know that I was sick. This is what I was thinking in my brain because my brain was screwed. It was fried up and I needed to talk to someone. So I talked to granny while I'm drinking two forties. I had some mini bottles and I'm ready to take some pills to end this all. And so I drove from the graveyard to the other side of town to check myself into a hospital. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how I got there. To this day, I do not know how I drove, drunk as I was, from one end of town, which was a bad side of town now. Meanwhile, this is a bad side of town where my grandmother's buried. And the hospital's on a bad side of town. I don't know how I didn't get caught. And go to jail for selling me DUI, I killed somebody. I could have been literally in mad trouble. But I drove to that hospital and I sat at that hospital and I knew I reeked of alcohol. And I told them then if you all don't do anything for me, I am going to kill myself. And I'm not leaving here until you all help me. And they sent me on up to the sixth floor where the psych ward is. They took everything from me and they checked me in. I got help. I sought help. I wanted the help because I didn't want to end my life per se, but I didn't know nothing else to do. I had went to every single person that I thought that I could go to and nobody wanted to help me. Now, I'm not going to tell you all to get hit rock bottom before you seek help. Listen to my voice. Listen to somebody. You know, if you are a person that listens to podcasts or or Facebook um, lives or Instagram stories or, you know, whatever you listen to, take heed when people are talking to you about seeking help. Because I don't wish how I was feeling on anybody, not even my worst enemy. And I have some people I really wish just would go away, but I wouldn't wish the way I felt on anybody. So I'm here to tell you today about the importance of seeking help. You're not weak if you seek help. You're not weak if you want to tell somebody, I don't know how to function. Because in order for you to be a good parent, a good co worker, a good CEO, a good anything, actor, anything, you're gonna need to get your brain together. And some of us may need medication, some of us may not. Now, I take medication on and off now. Because I can kind of go some days, but I do go to therapy once a month. Now it's down to once a month, but I'm also going to start taking sexual trauma therapy. But I am in therapy, but it has been cut down to once a month now because I've done so good in my classes. I mean, I started off intensely. Like I was going to therapy. I was going to dip three different types of things three times a week because they wanted to see me that badly they wanted to help me. Then I stayed in the hospital for seven days. They, I didn't call anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't call my clients. I didn't do anything. I stayed there. And when my family came to visit me, they were looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, you know, why are you here? Because I'm just like these people here. And you know what was so funny? I encountered every type of person. I was there with ministers, black and white. I was there with college kids, black and white. I was in there with a professor, a professor who was walking around, talking to herself, doing things. People knew this lady. They said this lady has beautiful, a beautiful home, beautiful cars. This lady was a professor. She was smart as all outdoors. But just like all of us, she suffered from mental illness. So again, mental illness does not care about your status, it doesn't care about your gender, it doesn't care about your race. This disease comes to destroy, but we don't have to let it destroy us. So during the week of mental health awareness, if you are feeling some type of way, if you've been sick too long, if you've been sad too long, if you've been feeling this way for so long and you don't, you absolutely cannot wrap your mind around why I'm feeling this way, please seek help. Seek help. You know, you don't have to tell your spouse, you don't have to tell your children, you don't have to tell your coworkers, but go tell somebody that's going to listen to you. That's going to encourage you. That's going to motivate you to go get the help you need. I can't for the life of me understand why we will be rallying around someone with breast cancer. We will be rallying, rallying around someone who knew they had four months to live. But we will not rally around someone that suffers from mental illness because it's too taboo, especially in the black community. For those of you like me who go to church, we don't discuss it enough in the churches. For those of you who work in corporate offices or in an office in a cubicle. You probably have every other day in training in that entire building, but you probably don't have a domestic awareness violence month training or a mental illness week training or mental illness month training. You probably have every other training in there except those things because there are a lot of people and I'm just learning this now because I haven't worked for anybody in 12 years because I work for myself. But I do know that now I hear that people say that you could take a mental day. And I'm glad so many CEOs are thinking about this. Because that's a thing. There are, t- there, there are days that you need to take a mental health day. There are still days that I can't get out of bed. There are still days that I'm exhausted. Because sometimes the med- medicine slows me down just a bit too. So I'm not actually recovered, recovered, but I'm healing. And I'm so happy about that. Because I am so happy that I sought help. I am so I'm I'm not happy that it got to those drastic measures, but I'm happy that I sought help. I'm happy that my granny said, You don't need to come see me right now. <laughs> this is not <the> how this works. <laughs> you don't get to decide your time. The Lord does that. The higher your higher power does that. So my granny apparently. Took all of those angels, gathered up the angels and drove my car there. And because I'm telling you, I I was blacked out. I don't know how I got to that hospital. And I am forever grateful to my grandmother and and to my spiritual side for, and God, you know, just, just for for allowing me to see another day. And that's why I decided to become a life coach. That's why I decided to become a mentor because I was never going to let another woman Or man suffer the way I did. I hear you. I understand you. I am you. I've dealt with everything. You know, for those who know my podcast and who know my story. I had a son that went to prison. You know, during my healing process. I'm thinking it's time for me to heal. Then there goes something else that popped off. My son going to a federal prison. The only child that I have in my whole life is going to a federal prison. Who's never been in trouble day in his life in a whole other state, millions of miles away. But I was so happy that I sought help that I was able to manage how I was feeling about that situation. Now, don't get me wrong; there were days that I I didn't go to sleep because I, you know, you. I mean, you know, come on, anybody in this case would not would be worrying about their child. But I didn't self destruct like I used to because I already had those coping skills classes. I had already had some therapy that, really, and my therapist was so good to me. She met me, you know, twice a week, every week for the whole time my son was in prison. She stepped the game up to help me. And then you don't have to, and you may not find the perfect therapist. I just happened to find one. And the first lady that came, was assigned to me, was perfect for me. But if that lady doesn't work out for you, or if this man doesn't work out for you, keep searching. If you are in your area and you don't know where anything is at, you Google free mental health clinics in wherever you are at, because they're out there. You also ask your, the, the, you ask the hospitals, you don't go to the emergency room and say, Hey, where can I check myself in? Where can I go for behavior health? Check your insurance and see if they cover behavior health and maybe they can refer you to someone. Just don't go it alone. You don't have to go it alone. Just because nobody else believes in you doesn't mean you need to not believe in yourself. Take your mental health serious because it's serious. It's a serious illness. It kills just as much as as cancer kills people. And you don't get to have these people. These people don't get to tell you how to handle your mental health. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. Stop thinking of the stigma around mental health. So what? You live in a five-bedroom home with a beautiful six cars or pool. You might suffer from mental illness. It's just not the bag lady on the street. It's not just the girl that works in 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 the McDonald's. It's just not the girl that has five, six, seven, eight, nine kids. No, it's normal people who suffer. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. And I like to keep bringing up Robin Williams, Kate Spade. Look at all these people who had everything, but couldn't cope with life. Their brain, just like ours, was so off that they couldn't cope. But somehow we rally around the famous people. We see that as something we can look to. But no, I want you all to be able to look to me. I want to be able to look to you. I want you to be able to say, I am going to kick mental illness in the ass. Just like y'all say you want to kick breast cancer in the ass or cancer, period. Rally around your mental health friends. All of the people that suffer, you rally around those people. Because mental health is important. Your health is is important. And these are the things that we need to talk about during this week. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. So if you don't get anything else from this podcast, just know that you are not alone in feeling the way that you feel. I've felt everything that you're going through, I've been through it. I've been feeling broke. I've been feeling broken. I've been feeling like life was never going to get better for me. But once I got therapy, once I learned how to change my mindset, and I know that some of you all may not want to go to therapy, but seek help someplace. Do not go it alone. There's no excuse to go it alone. Not when you have so many mental health advocates out here that want to support you. So take the time during this week. Research it. Look at the different symptoms that you're having. Say to yourself, "Am I suffering from a, an anxiety attack? No, you're not. You're not. You don't have the flu. You literally may be having an anxiety or a panic attack. And if that is so, then you tell the doctor how you're feeling, and you make sure that if that person doesn't get you help, you go someplace. You take this week to research and listen to other people's stories, because I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, your story probably is just like mine." My story is just like somebody else's and your story may just be like somebody else's. You are not alone. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I use alcohol to cope. I hid alcohol. Instead of getting medication and getting myself together, I drank bunches and bunches of alcohol. I I drank so much I couldn't even go to work to make money. So I was constantly broke. My account was always in the negative. I couldn't keep my bills together. But here it was. I looked normal on the outside. I look normal. I, I was a highly functional depressed person. But I took the mask off. I unleashed it, which is the name of my group, by the way, in, on Facebook, if you're looking for me. But I unleashed it. I took it off. And I said, hey, I'm no longer hiding behind alcohol. I'm no longer hiding behind the makeup. I'm no longer hiding behind the hair weave. I'm no longer hiding behind the nails and the eyelashes. I am going to unleash this mask. I suffer from mental illness. You all are going to deal with it. And that's all you got to do. So take this week to go find research, listen to people, take heed. If there are things that are going on with you that have gone on too long, you may need help. And it's okay. All right? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's podcast. I am so happy to be back up and running. I have been really, 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 really busy. So I haven't had a chance to sit down. But y'all know that mental health is important to me. So anytime I get a chance to talk about mental illness, I will. For those of you all who do not know me, and this is your first time listening to the podcast, I am Olivia B. Shepherd, your life empowerment mentor and certified transformation coach. Have an amazing rest of the month because I think we have so many other things going on this month. Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We have so many months of these things that you all wear purple for and pink for. Well, let's wear green for mental health. Let's wear green for Mental Health Awareness Month. We can do this. The more we talk about it, the more people will feel comfortable about getting diagnosed and getting treated. And if it's not you, maybe it's a friend or a coworker or a spouse or a family member rally around that family member as if that family member had cancer. You rally around those people. And if it's you, you get you a support system. And if you need to talk to anybody, always reach out to me. I'll always keep the links in my comments in the notes on the podcast. So again, thank you all for tuning in this week. I look forward to releasing another one on next Friday. You can still tune in every Friday for a brand new podcast. I'm just so happy to be back in front of this microphone because it's it's, it's my happy place. It's my happy place. Have an amazing rest of the October. If, If some of you all are tuning in for the first time and don't tune in again. I look forward to meeting you all. If you need to talk to me, reach out to me. Please feel free. That's what I'm here for. But don't go it alone. Peace and love. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to submit any questions you have via email or DM on social media. She might just feature your answer on the show. Also, please leave a review and stay tuned for more episodes every Friday.